Welcome back to Terrestrial Takes. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by at Elliot Crisp with one L, the Chief Operating Officer of Fade the Noise Network at AFTN Network. And uh, today we're going to be talking about some draft props. No, uh, no, no news items today. We're just going to be hopping right into some uh, draft props. So uh, how are you doing today, Elliot? I'm doing fantastic. I could not be more excited that it's finally draft week. Yeah, me it, too. Uh, it's, it's been a long process, right? This, this week feels like it just drags out and you hear the craziest takes and rumors that uh, that's there's so much smoke this week. So I'm just ready for it to be Thursday and, and the Jaguars to be on the clock. Exactly. Uh, do you have a certain event that you like to bet on more, the most? Is it the draft, the Super Bowl, Kentucky Derby maybe? So I think there's the biggest advantage in the draft because you're not really competing with an algorithm, right? Um, you're, you're, a lot of these books are guessing. So if your information is better than them, you're doing a lot more research than them. I think there's a huge advantage, but there's also more markets with the NFL draft than anything else, right? Like they can only have so many player props on a game, right? There's only five receivers on each team, a couple running backs, all that kind of stuff. You're talking about, they really, they line almost every first round prospect, a lot of second and third round prospects, and they have a lot of guys completely wrong. So I probably have more action on the NFL draft than any other singular event, but it's not my favorite, right? Like it's, it's, it's way more fun for me to bet on like a UFC fight with five minutes of intense action or, you know, an NFL game or, you know, one of those big, big moments then, I mean, ultimately this is legitimately Roger Goodell reading names off a list, right? It's not nearly (laughs) the same type of excitement, uh, but it's it's still it's enthralling and I think it's it's a it's a different experience because it's it's so much game theory so much betting on variance and and honestly a huge part of it is just understanding the odds and saying okay this is lined at eight to one it's probably closer to five to one yeah. doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to hit it but if I have a lot of those throughout the course of the draft I will make money and potentially a, a large chunk of money. Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity to take advantage of lines because a lot of lines open up right after the Super Bowl. So you have two months where you can get in some really uh, favorable lines that will change a lot. So if you have a good feeling on Chase or whatever, you can get in on that. And that's something we will actually get to later. Uh, I'm sure you play a bunch of fantasy, right? You Fantasy, Dynasty, Superflex. Is that- oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think I'm in 12 Dynasty Leagues. Yeah. I think I'm typically I'll do a couple hundred best ball leagues. I don't do that much season long anymore just because of the week to week maintenance. And if I'm going to do it, I kind of want to be able to build like a superpower, but mm-hmm. I'm still well aware of what's going on. And then DFS and betting. All day so long. do you use um, any lines uh, for fantasy? Like, do you look at like, say prop bets for a game and affect, does that affect uh, your DFS lineups or maybe your dynasty lineups? I think it's a decent way to look at some projections and understand where the basic market for a player is. Okay. Yeah, um, I th- it plays it plays into it, but it's not everything. All right. Yeah, I totally agree. But uh, yeah, let's hop into some of these uh, bets we got. We got about ten of them. Uh, so starting at the top, do you think that the number one and number two picks are locked in? We have T Law at ten minus ten k, Wilson at minus five. And Wilson happened to raise to, or drop. I guess he dropped to minus two thousand, and now he's back up to minus five thousand. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is legitimately tweeting at the Jaguars, um, and they're, <laughs> the fans are sending him toasters. Uh, like, that's a lock. Like, if you want a guaranteed profit, you just put your entire bankroll on Trevor Lawrence, and you just wait 15 minutes. And then, you know, even if, if it's, it could be a $10,000 bankroll, you'll make 10 bucks. But technically, you're making money. Yep. Um, Zach Wilson is 99.9%. I mean, they just told his father he's going to be the pick. Yeah, okay. That's, <laughs> that's a that's a pretty strong sign, right? He opened up, I think, 
Uh, Typico originally opened him up at plus 125, and now he's all the way up to minus 5,000. So those two picks are locked and loaded. And I think the Jets made their decision on Zach Wilson. They got, obviously, uh, LaFleur and Sala from the 49ers. Yeah. I think the 49ers called him and said, are you going Zach Wilson? They knew the, the three quarterbacks that the opportunity to uh, choose from and then traded up accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to point out, all my odds that I'm getting are from DraftKings Sportsbook, just so everyone knows. If you have different lines, maybe that's why. All right, so now we get to number three. Who's going number three? This line has changed numerous times over the week. Last week, when you were, it was going to be um, – it was Fields was the favorite. Now we're sitting at Mac minus 305 and Lance at, in second at plus 225 with Fields way out at plus 700. Yeah. For the record, I don't. I think the 49ers have known who they've wanted to take for a couple weeks. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's press conference today was: uh, Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be on this team? I don't know if anyone will be alive on Sunday. Okay, cool guy. Like Thanos isn't coming on Saturday. Like, I. It's just one of those answers that's such. Like it's it's anyway. Um, I actually think it's going to be Trey Lance. Uh, I thought it's going to be Trey Lance for about a week now. A week and a half. And it's because one of the things I heard was that uh, he was the Falcons guy. Mm-hmm. And they've now kind of said they're not they're not really looking to trade out as hard and have kind of really locked on pits. To me, that's a sign that it's Lance. Now, it could absolutely be Mac Jones. And I think one of the things that with betting um, the draft is, like, your personal evaluation of a quarterback doesn't matter. Like, I, yeah. I think it should be Justin Fields no matter what. I agree. But if he's really not in the conversation and – it's, it's certainly starting to feel that way. Um, I think Lance makes a lot more sense. I, I think his odds were always too high at plus 450. I think it's probably closer to, like, if I was to line this right now, I think it should probably be Mac Jones minus 125, Trey Lance plus, like, 120. That's how I think okay. there, there would be value. So I think there's still value in betting Trey Lance. But, I mean, honestly, this is one of those picks where I'm just excited for it to be over with and watch the rest of the NFL draft because we've talked about it for so long. Um, that I'm not adding anything more to my current positions. Um, I have Mac Jones under 18 and a half. I have Mac yeah, Jones yeah. over three and a half at plus 200. And I also have Mac Jones going third at plus 150. So I kind of just locked in profit no matter what. Uh, and I added Trey Lance at plus 450. So I would love for it to be Lance to, to maximize profit. But um, ultimately, I'm kind of just ready for the next pick. Yeah, right. That draft kind of starts right there. Uh I've actually thought it was Lance for a while too. I thought that the 49ers would trade up, but I wasn't expecting him to go all the way up to three. So uh, it would be crazy to see Lance go there. Um, Sticking with quarterbacks, how many quarterbacks are drafted in the first round right now? The over under is at five and a half Uh, over is at 400 plus 400 and under five and a half is uh, minus 590. Yeah. uh, I think it's actually, well, when I checked it earlier, the over was minus 750, as high as that on certain oh, places. Wow. Or the under, 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 okay. sorry. Um, it's going to go under. Like, we do this every year. Yeah. You know, every year, we it's it's Bryce Petty, it's Davis Webb, it's um, – uh, I mean, basically, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember some of these guys off the top of my head. I, they, they're all flame-out quarterbacks that we then forget about. But mm-hmm. every year we do, this guy might go in the first round and – Teams are talking about wanting that fifth-year option. Exactly. It's happened once, and it was Lamar Jackson. Yep. And let's stop right now with saying Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, <laughs> and Davis Mills are in that Lamar Jackson conversation, right? I mean, these guys' over-unders are in the 60s to 70s. Um, you're talking about a QB6, right? Whoever, whoever goes first will be QB6 off the board. <laughs> 
in this century, <laughs> one QB six off the board has ever gone top 70. And that was Colin Kaepernick in 2011 at pick 36. The next quarterback in that draft was Ryan Mallett at 75. There's only been um, three or two quarterbacks this century to be top 75 picks as QB six. Like NFL teams kind of view you as first round talents, or they view you as, you know, we'll get you in the third, more likely fourth or fifth round. We saw it with Jacob Eason last year. He came out and his prop was 41. Jake Fromm was like 49. Jake Fromm went like 160th in the draft. Like (laughs) we, we do this every year. Uh, no one ever – everyone likes to, like, chase – this week a lot of agents are cutting checks to big guy, big time reporters trying to get their, their, their guys hyped up and have that fall not happen. It's, it's just – give me the under five and a half all day long. You have to pay some pretty serious juice on it. I actually parlayed it with Usman. Okay. Any UFC fans out there. Uh, and I think Usman was a bigger sweat than the under – yeah, uh, five and a half quarterbacks. Yeah, you knew now that. I mean, the reason being is that maybe a team trades up or or takes a guy with the last pick or two to get that fifth year option. Because I mean, right now we're looking at T. Law, Wilson, Fields, Lance, Mack. So we're we're looking at Trask or Mond, and I don't think it's happening either. So if you want to pay the juice, it's quite a bit, but it's a pretty good bet, I think. It's one of those situations where I would parlay it with something that you you also feel very confident with. Uh, yeah. Because it's just, you're right. Like, who wants to risk $590 to win 100 yeah. At the same time, the probability is probably closer to something like 90, like 8% yeah. than the implied 80%. So there's there's expected value. Just people hate laying that kind of number. Completely agree. Uh, sticking with quarterbacks. Who is the first non-quarterback drafted? This one's changed from Chase being the favorite. Right now we have Pitts as the favorite at minus 150, Chase at plus 250, and Sewell at plus 500. It's gonna, I think it's going to be Pitts because I think Pitts will go four. Chase is locked in at five based on everything I've heard. I, I thought it was going to be Sewell for a while. I think a lot of people in the scouting department wanted Sewell, and ultimately they got overruled. Uh, by the higher ups, and that's why you've seen a lot of sh- a lot of the big time people move from Sewell to Chase as well. Uh, I think Chase is locked in at five, no matter what. I think Pitts has got about like an eighty percent probability to go four. Uh, Miami would love for him to go six, but um, I think Pitt- Pitts is is a heavy favorite for the fourth overall pick right now. So I mean, that just makes the Dolphins right in the wheelhouse because they get a pick of the three at six. So you get Pitts. Chase or Sewell, and I feel like they'd be doing cartwheels if they got Sewell at six. They should, but apparently they are desperate for a weapon. Yeah. I mean, like, I think they're going to try to trade out. We saw that too. Like, the that's why I think it's Lance going back to that, right? So if Lance was the Falcons guy and then Lance goes three, right? Now the Falcons are locked in on pits at four. The Bengals go chase at five. All of a sudden, now there's reports that the Dolphins are trying to trade down back out of six because Waddle or Smith is probably not worth that pick. If I'm the Dolphins, though, it's an easy selection of, of Sewell. Yeah, Sewell. The, um, that's actually something we'll get to, too, is uh, the Waddle and Smith conundrum. All right, so moving to running back. Who is the first running back off the board? Right now we have Harris, minus 167, ETN plus 150, and Williams at plus 500. I actually, this is one of the lines I got back in February, and I got I got Harris at plus 120, so I love that. Yeah, you and, you and I got that same line at DraftKings. Uh, yeah. It was a bad line then. Yeah. I think it's properly lined now. Uh, Harris is about nine spots ahead of ETN in terms of draft props. Uh, he said, uh, like, the, 
the steam that's going on with him to the Steelers is absurd right now. It's it's like after Sertan to the Cowboys, it's the most commonly mocked pick among industry mocks um, in the last couple of weeks. DraftKings dropped him all the way from 30 to 24 and a half. He's back up to 25 and a half. The Steelers, I think, are now minus 160 to take a running back, uh, which oh, you wow. can't bet. You yeah. can't bet that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I do think it'll be Harris. I think a really, really interesting way to bet this is over on FanDuel in terms of exact order. So if you go Harris, Javante, Williams, Travis, Etienne, you get 29 to 1. Oh, wow. So if we have Harris at minus 170, right, and yeah. Javante Williams right now on DraftKings is plus 157 to go ahead of ETN, right? And then let's say uh, what there's no actual odds for this, but I'm going to just line it myself. ETN, the next running back off the board, would probably be minus 1,000. Consider the fact his prop is 33.5. The next closest is Trey Sermon at 80.5. That's, that's, a, that's a drop, right? So I yeah. think minus 1,000 is fair. If you put that into a parlay calculator, you're talking about a parlay that's four to one. So let's say your response is Elliot. That's cool. But like, I think Javante Williams is probably closer to four to one to go to a head of ETN and ETN and Harris is a true toss up. Cool. Mm -hmm. Let's make Harris plus a hundred and Javante Williams plus 400, right? We're still talking about a parlay that's 10 to one. They're giving you 29 to one. Right now on FanDuel, it's plus 350 that it's um, that it's Harris, ETN, uh, Gainwell. Gainwell is not going ahead of Javante Williams, right? That, like FanDuel, yeah. is, FanDuel is drunk with this line. Like, <laughs> is 29 to 1 going to hit? I don't know. It, it, very, it probably isn't, right? It's got about a 25% implied probability. But if someone gives you 29 to 1 on something that happens one out of every four times, you bet that every single time i don't care if it loses like you bet it every single time it's just too valuable of a bet to pass on yeah that's insane um we're gonna welcome in tim he wasn't just sitting quietly he just got in from a flight uh tim how are you doing i'm good and that is such a smash 29 to 1 absolutely <laughs> um we're at the first wide receiver off the board Do you want to read that line tim we're talking about the chase minus 1000. Yep. Okay. It looks like you got it at minus 155. And then Waddle yep. is plus 700. And then Devontae's plus 900. Seems like a pretty steep difference between Chase to the next two. Yeah. This was a, this line has changed dramatically in just the last 24 hours. Uh, Chase was like minus 200 or something yesterday. But yeah, I, this is another one I got back in February. I got Chase at minus 155. Now Chase is at minus 1,000. Waddle plus 700. Devontae Smith at plus 900. Any any doubt that Chase isn't the first wide receiver? Again, I think I'm like 99% confident based on everyone I talk to. And for the record, when I say I talk to people, like these aren't just like, hey, I talked to uh, another person who also bets on the draft and they're confident in Chase. Like, uh, I, from my connections working all, all the uh, multiple years, like in the draft community that I know a fair chunk of people who actually like have legit NFL connections. Um, so I would never like reveal who they are, but I, I do feel, I'm not just, you know, making things up. Uh, so I feel very confident in chase. I got him at minus 155. Like you did when they, when DraftKings put that out, I was like, they're drunk at yep. the same time. Like it's February. I felt weird putting more than, you know, one unit on it. Obviously looking back, I regret it. Yep. Chase, I think was as low as minus 500 like a week ago, but that was only on DraftKings. If you looked everywhere else, he was minus 950. So DraftKings finally caught up. 
I mean, the whole narrative was that Miami is going to want to pair Tua with someone from Alabama, and therefore they'll go ahead of Chase. Narratives make for great stories, but they very rarely pay off in terms of draft day, where uh, I don't know if the Dolphins cared if Jamar Chase played football at, you know, yeah. Mexico University, right? Like, if, if he's balling the way he does and he has that profile on that athletic testing, like, he is that top wide receiver prospect since A.J. Green and Julio Jones. He's going to be the first wide receiver. That's what, I've been, say- that's what I've been saying. Best prospect we've seen in years. Uh, sticking with Devontae Smith. Who's drafted first, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle? We have Devontae Smith at plus 133. Waddle is at minus 167. A couple days ago, this was a split at minus 112 each. The steam has really been that Miami's guy is Waddle over Smith, which is why that line has steamed up so much. Um, because if the, I think the Lions are a pre, prime trade-out candidate at seven. They've also said to be higher on Waddle than Smith. And a lot of people think that Devonta Smith is going to go to the Giants. So that gives Waddle some outs. Uh, Smith was as high as plus 500 on MGM like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, uh, to go to the Giants. He's all the way down to plus 175 right now um, on DraftKings. I don't think I would bet this. I have Waddle under 11 and a half, and I have Smith to the Giants. I, and I, I got Waddle at plus money. Uh, nice. But – I think I kind of maximize my value of those two bets. And I think at this point, it's one of those I would probably pass. Yeah. A pass isn't a bad idea. Uh, Just because if Miami and and Detroit are both in, let's say Miami, Miami should go Sewell. I don't think they will, but I think Miami could easily trade down and Detroit could easily trade down. And now we've lost Waddle. Yeah. Right. Or they stay put and let's say Miami goes Sewell. And now the Lions just trade down. Now it's, you know Dave Gettleman's going to take his guy at 11 no matter who it is, right, regardless of whether or not teams are trying to trade up for Waddle. So, And I don't see Denver going wide receiver. I don't see Carolina going wide receiver. And if the Cowboys go wide receiver, um, like, just stop, right? You have enough of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, so how quickly do you see the, the lines react to the information that you have earlier in terms of you get – this report or you or this piece of information from someone that you trust, is it within you know the, the day, couple days? I don't know if you want if you verify it with another person before, but do you see kind of where something starts to switch over when you uh, on the betting lines compared to the information that you're getting? I try to verify it if uh, if I can. I also know that lines move quickly. And the question is, if my guy knows, how long does it take for Schefter to know and tweet it out too? And then that's like my guy knowing isn't going to shift a line, but Schefter knowing and tweeting it out can absolutely shift a line, right? So uh, typically with the draft, if I like something, I'll bet it. I've also, I've now placed 93 wagers on the draft and I'm aware that is an absurd amount. Um, I've also, I've gotten to the point too, like I bet, (laughs) um, I bet the defensive tackle out of North Carolina State today, uh, Aleem McNeil, under 79 and a half. And William Hill then changed his line one minute later to 70 and a half. Um, <laughs> That's tough. So, like, I, I've also started to now put in some bets and notice that the books are adjusting. And I'm not saying, like, I'm some, like, big hitter person, but I think they're also seeing that I'm putting in so many bets that they're trying to react to it. Uh, and not let other people take advantage of lines. Like I got Leatherwood at 48 and a half. He's down to 39 and a half. They put Stevenson, the running back out of Oklahoma at 91 and a half while he's projected to go in the fifth round. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's climbed all the way to 105. Amon Ross uh, Ra St. Brown. God, I wish his name was easier to say like, <laughs> smoothly. Um, his line is still at 98 and a half. And I am, I am pretty sure we've gotten completely away from the question, but um, <laughs> that's fine. 98 and a half. And he is on consensus big boards right now, 64th on athletics, 67th. And in about 80% of drafts, he's going at that second, third round turn. And he's 98 and a half. Like that's absurd. Some of these, some of these second day lines are really bad. Well, I think that's just the, it speaks to this draft in general. Like it's very top heavy because we know the prospects, but with the very unique um, circumstances of the year, it, a bunch of boards could be all over the place. Like you could see teams taking guys at 20 overall that other guys wouldn't take till the fourth and vice versa. It's a very unique year in that regard, I think. Especially it's helpful the Seahawks don't have a first round pick, right? So they can't take some <laughs> random fifth round guy in the first round. Yeah. Best bet I ever hit, by the way, was Rashad Penny's second running back at 50 to one because everyone oh. assumed it was guys. Yeah, uh, that's a hell. That's a hell of a bet. I actually one of the intro questions. I didn't write it down, but I wanted to ask: Is there a specific bad beat you you just you you lose sleep over at night? I had a round robin, um, and for people that don't know what that is, that's kind of like it's parlaying each section of it. So I think it was six teams. So you do each two, each three, each four, each five, six, right? Mm-hmm. If you get all six, that's a massive payout. And I had the Cardinals plus 10. Don't quote me on the exact score, right? Mm-hmm. And they were up three. Yes, this is it. They were up three with a minute and a half to go, and 49ers had the ball. 49ers scored with about 20 seconds to go to go up four, right? Then what happens? Uh, the Cardinals, are they try one of those, like, lateral plays at the very end of the game, and Fitz throws it backwards in the 49ers uh, return for a <laughs> touchdown. As time expires, sometimes they don't kick the extra point. They decided to do it. So it completely killed my round robin. I think I made like four or five hundred dollars instead of like eight thousand dollars. <laughs> so um, I will say I was at uh, drafting sports books a few years ago where the Patriots put uh, Gronk in. Remember for the uh, the miracle in Miami, yeah. and the guy next to me had the Patriots money line to close a parlay. I think for a hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> and like everyone around us just went. Ah, like it's uncomfortable to be yeah. here right now, but yeah, he that- handled it like a champ. But I, oh, I would. That's that's one of the worst beats I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, those, those are a couple that stand out. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of them, but oh, there always are. Those are it's a always a good stand story, out. I feel. Any any missed opportunities that you wish you would have bet, but you just didn't have, you just didn't have the, the level of comfort to to place it that you can remember. Um, honestly. I mean, there's definitely some, right, throughout the course of the season. But typically, like, I'm the kind of person that, like, a lot of people might really limit their betting card. I'm willing to Mm kind of throw – if I feel there's an edge, I'm just going to take as many edges as I can get. So that kind of more rarely happens. A bad beat from the draft last year – I don't even know this is a bad beat, but, like, I had the Eagles at 8-1 to to draft Justin Jefferson. And then they took Rager over Jefferson while the Vikings were laughing at them. Yeah. Uh, so that one really hurt. Um, I just couldn't believe that happened. That, I, but, like, a draft's not really a bad beat because anything yeah. can happen. At the same time, the Eagles smoked a little bit of crack right before that pick. So, like, I guess that part of it was a bad beat. Yeah. All right. Must have been the same crack they were smoking with DK. Yeah, right before they draft receivers, man, they don't they they put the wrong thing in whatever they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking J John. 
Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. We're at a uh, total Alabama players taken in the first round. Over five and a half is at minus 250. Under five and a half is at plus 190. Yeah, like I get why this line is where it is. I think the value is gone in the over, right? Because there's a few locks in Sertan, Waddle, Mac Jones, and um, Smith. yeah, Devonta Smith. Sorry, thank you. And then there's a couple possible, there's a couple likelies right now with the totals of Barmore and Harris at 24 and 25. Yep. And then there's a, if one of those guys slips, there's Leatherwood and Dickerson who've got real shots right there, right there. They're kind of fringe second round prospects. So I see why this is minus 250. It was minus 190 like a day ago. Uh, Harris has gotten more and more confident that he's going into the first round. I think it's minus 275 now, that over half running back, and he's minus 170. So I think this this line is lined properly. Um, I would probably pass on it at this point. Yeah, uh, Najee right now is at minus 305 to go in the first round on DraftKings. The one tricky thing about that, because I think that's a, the, the DraftKings top 32, because they don't offer a no, those odds are always worse. Okay. So, like, they wouldn't offer no at plus 250 right now for Najee. It's just there is no no, so they don't yeah. they don't give the juice as high. So, I just I – just, I always point that out, too, because um, – they, they corrected that pretty quickly. Like, if you look at some guys in the top 10, it's like Coity Pay at plus 150. Meanwhile, his oh, his total dropped to 20 and a half today. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's because they don't have no, right? Because everyone and their mother would bet minus 200 no right now. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. This isn't a will he go top 32. It's just in the top 32. So you don't have the option to say no, if you were wondering, listening. That's a great point. Um, We're up at the last one. Do you want to take it, Tim? Well, it sounds like we, we got a pretty good answer on this one, but where do the Giants go? It looks like the wide receivers at plus 125, linebacker plus 300, cornerback plus 450, and O-line at 500. I don't think Slater's going to be there, so I think it eliminates O-line. I know Lombardi tweeted out today that Smith's their top prospect and Parsons is second. I think the Giants are dumb enough to take an off-ball linebacker with off-field concerns whose uh, athleticism traits are great, but at the same time, he can't. he's not good in coverage. Yep. Like you're, uh, why would you do that? <laughs> but like Dave, Dave Gettleman would do that, right? Because like he's just like he's a football player, man. The way he fits gaps and and can stop the run, it's everything we've ever needed. But I don't think they're ultimately going to get there because I think it will be Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, the those numbers have just kind of completely shrunk though. And the hard the the nice thing about when you do bet the Giants though is you know they're going to take that position. Right, like so many of these other teams could move, so it makes makes a challenge. I don't think Dave Gettleman's ever traded back in the first round. I'm not even sure if he's ever traded back in general. <laughs> um, I personally, I like the corner at plus four fifty and taking JC Horn or something there. Um, I'd like to see JC Horn, to- Horn. I think is going to be the first defender drafted. I really. Bet that at a- Plus a thousand. I also got him at first corner plus eight hundred a while ago. I saw you wrote that you 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 bet he would be over the thirteen and a half line. I think last uh, week, or, under the thirteen and a half. Yeah, under, under thirteen and a half. I also have him under fourteen and a half. Uh, I've heard that the uh, Panthers love him, the Broncos love him, the Cowboys are legit split. The Giants really like him, the Eagles really like him, the Chargers really like him, and the Cardinals know all these teams like him and really want to jump everybody to go up and get him. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is one of those. It doesn't really matter who you think cornerback one is when a guy's six foot one with 200 pounds runs a sub four, four with press man skills. We saw uh, CJ Henderson go ninth overall last year. Like these guys climb up NFL boards. 
Um, I think he should be closer to, I think it should be him and Sertan like minus 110 each for first defender off the board. I still think there's value at plus 375, uh, but it, it's, it's, it's a ticket I'm pretty heavy on. Like if, if he goes top 10 and he's the first defender drafted, like I'm, I'm walking away with like $3,000. So oh, I'm, cool. I'm a happy camper. No, that's awesome. You, you took the, cause his lines were awesome. And I, I think he's going to be the best corner that comes out of this draft, whether he's the first drafted or not. Uh, I've been really high on horn myself. It was nice seeing that you were as well in your articles. Um, yeah, Dane, Dane, uh, Dane Brugler today tweeted out that that's his favorite bet right now is JC horn plus three seventy five first defender. Wow. That would be spicy, but I could totally see it. I mean, he's a, a top corner guy and there's no elite edge, right? Yep. Pay pays total drop from 15 and a half to 20 and a half today because of uh, like Phillips is an elite edge, but he's got a serious concussion issue, right? The next there's, there's no safety in the conversation, mm-hmm. but the, the next guy in the conversation would be Parsons, right? Who's an off ball linebacker with serious off field concerns. Serious. I like, talked about like, enough. Yeah. It's, it's Same a lot. Thing. And he can say, I was only like 18 and 19. It's like, buddy, you're 20 now. Like this, <laughs> yeah. <we're> not, <laughs> you're not 32. And this was like in the past, right? Like it happened four weeks ago, man. Um, <laughs> and then, then it's really Horn and, and Sertan, right? Cause Farley's no longer in that conversation. I've heard he might even fall all the way out of the first round because of those back concerns. So, you know, if, at that point, plus 375 is still a value. When you look at the fact that Horn is minus 167 to go over Parsons, pays now down to um, 20 and a half, and Horn is plus 200 to be the first corner, why would you not just take him at plus 375 to be the first defender? No, excellent points. Really great stuff. Uh, you got anything you want to ask him, Tim? No, because I, I was really my, – my big thing was uh, about, you know, how – he found his confidence in these, but I think we got that information and he's just an encyclopedia with the lines and the history of the lines. So I, I really appreciate him coming on. Yeah, it was a, honestly, it was a treat. Thank you so much. Elliot. Of course. I just, I, and, and just want to point uh, to kind of answer the question you didn't exactly ask, but kind of asked uh, some of it is information. A lot of it is, you know, data back I use uh, NFL mock draft database.com, which is great for kind of all the industry mock drafts. They kind of get a sense of, uh, especially like positions, like the Tennessee Titans were plus 800 to draft a defensive lineman. And then you see that guys like Phillips and, and Ojolari and Rousseau were all right around uh, that total. They were the three most drafted guys, making about 37% of their mock drafts. Uh, and they were a team that was 31st in pressure rate last year. They did sign Bud Dupree, but they lost to Davion Clowney. So, like, you you want to start backing things up by logic, right? And 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 having those data points are really good. And I I don't believe in any one individual mock draft. I think that's the greatest way to lose a lot of money because yeah. everyone's like, oh, he's the most accurate mock drafter in the world. Congrats, he got nine right instead of eight, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and like that's really what we're talking about. And still, you're, you're talking about the best in the industry does nine or ten. That's that's a what less than thirty three percent hit rate. So. Uh, you don't want to start betting that kind of stuff because of that. So um, you you want to take as much data as possible. You want to understand trends where guys are going, understand where the markets are moving, try to find bits and pieces of information. And and the biggest thing for me is when I bet on players or situations, I want as many outs as possible. Like I just talked about Horn, yep. right? With the Panthers, the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Chargers, potentially the Giants. Like I feel like that's six outs for 13 and a half with Parsons. You know, I, I obviously I bet him over 10 and a half and 11 and a half. He's 13 and a half. But you're talking about one out right now with the Giants. Yep. 
Exactly. How do you take that under when you can then go get him at plus 900? Because you could say the Lions, but the Lions are an analytical franchise, right? Like that's who they hired. doesn't really make sense. Uh, the Broncos have been connected, but a lot of people have shot that down. And the Eagles don't draft linebackers. Um, and the Chargers are said to be all in on offensive line or corner, and they're like plus six or 700 to draft a linebacker. So like you just start losing out. So whenever, whenever you can have as many outs as possible, it's a great bet. When you really narrow your outs, you're, you're getting in a lot of trouble. I feel like I feel like Elliot's a card player. <laughs> oh, I I love playing poker. It's it's DFS. Oh, yeah. It's sports betting. Every everything is for me is about probability. Like if I can make um, eight eight to one bets, right? My my or seven eight to one bets. My goal is to win one, right? And if I win two, now I'm right getting the cash. If I win three, I'm, I'm cleaning up and understanding that it's everything is about over time. It's not about one individual game winning that bet. It's about all the bets. And like, it's literally about changing your mindset, right? So like, if you tail me on a game and I lose, doesn't necessarily mean I suck. It just means that I didn't get that particular game right. We're trying to build a portfolio over time. Yep. Same thing with investing or anything else. And it might not be the most fun way to talk about sports. I love sports. I can watch the games. We could talk about film. We could do whatever you want to do. But like, for me, it's, it's once you can change your mindset and understand that a lot of betting is a math equation and you're trying to just be on the right side of the number as many times as possible. That's when you start making money and it just makes the games and the events way more fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually did. I was thinking as we were talking, um, what about the second and third wave quarterbacks? Have you uh, gotten any sort of uh, appeal or feeling on how those are going to pan out? Like, even if we're talking like, I, I, I don't want to talk back Jones cause he's, he's up there, but like, uh, like the Trask, the Mons, the Mills. Mills. Newman. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit earlier on the show, but yeah, essentially, I'm betting all three of their overs uh, with the expectation that I hit at least two. Most, I I think I'll hit all three. Uh, QB six ADP uh, in the last five years is 99, (laughs) with zero going top 75. We've had one top 70 QB six in 21 years, and that was Colin Kaepernick in 2011. These guys fall. They do every year. Every year we overhype them. Every year we talk about the the fifth-year option and that these guys might get traded up for. And then every year, here's Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason hanging out in round three and four. Like, it's just – it's kind of what teams do. They either either are willing to give up everything for you or you don't matter. That's kind of what it is. And every year the betting market ignores this, and every year <laughs> I just continue to bet on the second-tier quarterbacks overs, and I continue to win every bet. So I'll do it again and – you know, if, if Mills, for example, goes in round two because one team is, you know, decides that it's worthwhile, to me it really pushes down Trask and Mon, and I'll win mm-hmm. both those bets. So uh, I just think it's, again, positive expected value to take all three overs. I think you'll hit at least two and most likely three. I'd be floored. If you, if you lose all three, it'll be the first time in the history of the NFL <laughs> that nine quarterbacks went top 80. Yeah, that'd be insane. Dak Prescott is the only QB seven in the last uh, five years to go top 120 and Kyle Trask over under right now on points bet at 68. Yeah. That's, those are the lines that you're looking for when you're gambling. Uh, Elliot, I know you a uh, busy man. You got stuff you got to get to. I want to thank you so much for coming on. That was excellent stuff. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. This was, this was a lot of fun. I, I know I, I messed up. Uh, last week, I'm going to chalk that up to allergies and passing out. Um, but, you know, I, I appreciate you guys giving me a second chance. This was a ton of fun. Um, I, I really appreciate the opportunity. If you, ever got, if you ever need another guest, you know, please feel free to reach out. I, I'm always happy to kind of come on and, and 
build up relationships and, and kind of obviously increase my audience. So I appreciate that. Uh, anyone who liked this stuff, you want to follow me on Twitter at Elliot Christ. All my draft work right now is free. Uh, I've got about like 15 pieces of written content uh, over on ftnbets.com. So, so go over there to check it out. Again, that's ftnbets.com. And I appreciate you both. Thank you so much. This was a it, lot of fun. This has been great. I'd love to have you back on at some point if that's possible. Oh yeah. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to take you up on that. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, please take me up on that. So once again, that was Elliot Christ at Elliot Christ with one L Christ with no H and excellent stuff. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really glad he came on. I'm, I was really surprised. He, he had tweeted out, um, <laughs> if anyone's looking for pause or a podcast to talk about some draft information or draft bets. And I was like, Hey man, you want to come on TT? And he, 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 he did. He, I'm just, I'm very surprised, very thankful, very glad he did. Cause that was awesome, man. I love that stuff. I mean, I'm not as deep into the numbers as him when it comes to the bets, because there's just certain events I just like watching, which is the draft, but he makes me think about the fact that it might be worth putting some money down because there's some opportunities here to enjoy the draft and then also enjoy the draft at the same time. So, yeah. but yeah, uh, no news items this week. If you couldn't tell, we're, we're just going to, you have the main event as that. And uh, we'll get into our uh, gripes of the week and my gripe of the week. It, it piggyback, piggybacks piggybacks off of the highlight, but I'm up in Vermont and we go to this, we're way, way up in Vermont and we're at this diner for dinner. It's a very small diner, like six tables, maybe. And me and Rachel, we sit at the, sit at the bar and in comes this old man and sits at the bar. And this man made the most disgusting guttural sounds the whole time that I didn't even know how, how disgusted I could be by this type of stuff, but I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink as soon and I don't want to make the guy feel bad. I didn't say anything. I don't want to make him like feel uncomfortable. I didn't want to start nothing. But this guy literally was drowning in phlegm. He was making the most disgusting noises I've ever heard in my entire life. And then this man, he didn't even order. They just bring him out because they must know him. He must come there every day. They bring him out a bowl of mashed potatoes. And that was his dinner. And he's sitting there eating it going. And then he, he'll, he'll do a quick little. And, and with it, there's a whistle at the end of it. I don't even know how you do it, but it's... It was the most fucking disgusting thing. I've, I can't believe I have to share this existence with that. That's my gripe of the week. <laughs> I am wowed by the fact that you're able to replicate those noises <laughs> so well. Those are noises I've never heard in my life. <laughs> I've literally been introduced to new noises on a Monday, Monday evening. I am... <laughs> blown away right now can you do like a little like whistle sound again <laughs> i can't it was the worst <laughs> all right tim you got a great my gripe we were having a discussion yesterday about about some um information about player probabilities and their success rates. And someone actually said that a player had a 0% chance of succeeding. <laughs> I cannot believe someone who talks about probabilities could ever say a person has a 0% chance of doing anything, anything. So my gripe would be the fact that we need to be, able, we need to probably take a step back from our numbers for a second and realize there's a human element to this game called football because we, if that were the case, we would probably never have Tom Brady. 
And I know we're talking about the, the, the questions to the rule or, or we're talking about the anomalies. I completely understand that. But to, to say someone is not, does not have a chance in hell to succeed as a potential first round draft pick, I, don't, I can't even understand how someone gets to that conclusion. And it fires me up because it just doesn't make any sense. And you're going to look really bad with egg on your face if they ended up showing up and you're going to be like, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. So I think we should, we should have a little bit more provisions when we're talking about players and their outcomes. Yeah, another analytics gripe. I love it. No, I'm kidding. You can't. You, it's not you, even an analytics. I know. Gripe. I'm just fucking poking fun. At <laughs> <laughs> What's the formula, bud? Um, oh my god. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's why I was asking. <laughs> uh, people are headphones off right now. I love it. All right, you got to highlight him. I have many highlights. I've, I've had a great week. I was just spent a whole week down in uh, Texas. Started the new job back up here we're about to pack the house up i'm gonna probably be doing that solo which is gonna be really really fun but this next week's gonna be crazy busy but i've already started uh, my new job it's just it's a really interesting it's really fun about to start just shopping houses hard and that's just gonna be a fun experience too so i got a lot of highlights and I'm, I'm pretty happy about it i literally just stepped off a plane that's I, <laughs> yeah. for this for this podcast i stepped off a plane and i made it so i'm this has just been a great week that's awesome, man. It's awesome to have tons of highlights. Uh, my highlight coincided with my gripe. I went to Vermont for the weekend and uh, I was just, I was kind of stranded there. Rachel was doing photography stuff and I didn't have a car. I was in the middle of nowhere and I was just kind of hanging out in the middle of nowhere, Vermont for a couple of days. And uh, it was sweet. It was a nice little reset. I kind of needed it. It was, it was good. I just want to point out, he's got a snazzy shirt on right now. Dude's, <laughs> dude's dressed to the nines. He's probably going to go out for a steak dinner after this. I could go for a steak dinner. Actually, I kind of want sp- some spag and balls. I haven't made it in a while, and I don't have the the, the materials to make it. But I kind of want some spag and balls tonight, so maybe that's what I'll get. Uh, yeah, I, put, I threw on a nice shirt. We had a we had a big guest. I I, dr- I dress like shit for work, but then I come home and throw stuff on for uh, for the, for the pod <laughs> for the, for the people. Uh, speaking of the people, you got anything else for him, Tim? Uh, nothing, nothing today. Just uh, enjoy the draft. I know there's a lot of people that are going to be live streaming. You know, go follow the people that uh, most interest you or jump between them. Find out the best information. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I'll be streaming it. I don't know if I'll be streaming with the happy hour crew, but uh, I'll be live on Twitch at Dushans underscore. It was great last year. I actually had a pretty decent following. Uh, I'll be probably streaming the actual draft with me in a camera until I get, you know, copyright stricken down, but I'm going to be jumping on with Levi with the fancy players club for the, the reaction to the Packers pick as well. So you can uh, jump in over there as well. Yep. I'll be hopping on there for the Patriots pick. Uh, I'm going to ask him to give me the link beforehand in case there's like a trade or something so I can hop in real quick. Um, yeah. So that's it. That's all we got. Uh, I don't think we'll make another pod this week, maybe, but it'll probably just be reaction to the draft after the draft. So uh, we get this one out early this week. It's not going to be a Thursday bombardment if uh, you're with that, that, that we're used to be getting with uh, blocking the back and Monaco and Fantasy Players Club. Our whole our whole connection seems to drop on Thursday, so we're going to beat them to the punch this week. I just listened to their. Oh, they did. They did drop one like today or yesterday. That's right. Yeah, I think I think it was yesterday. Man, we're just so killing go, the content. Go, go check them out too. That was a good one. They did a, a mock draft, and they come with some interesting takes and positions that may not be 
100% shock, which gives you a little bit different perspective on these players as well. Nice. And uh, I'm sure if you're listening, you already know, but um, I have a bunch of rookie ADP data on the link tree. And I also threw my rankings up on it. I used to have you DM me for them, but I just fucking threw them up there. So if you want to talk shit about my rankings, you can go there. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you next week after the draft. See you.